0: The best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.
2: If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC
1: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sport betting. Sign up today at PlayAlberta.ca. Good man. How are you guys? Well, hey. Uh, Well, we're not that excited that we hang up the phone just because you win a fantasy league. Like, you know. Next time, don't put well, your phone against your chin so hard.
4: Well, I mean, I, I win quite a bit, right? So it's not like this is the first time in the history I've ever won a fantasy league. I mean, that would be no. that would be more exciting, right? When you do it every three, four years, it's pretty it's pretty commonplace.
3: Yeah, it's, it all depends on the level. Of, like, you know, when you're winning the fantasy football of the ECHL, it's a little bit different.
1: <laughs> what kind of money are we talking here you're winning?
3: Oh, buddy. Yeah. Slurpees all around.
4: <laughs> say that. We're getting largest.
3: I'm <laughs> getting larges. Struddy so right, has a guy who is, you know, a, th- a third bearing D man uh, for-, for most of his career. When you watch the evolution of Vincent Deharnay's puck handling skills and how often he's holding on to the puck now. In the defensive zone, even in the neutral zone. Are you kind of like, I haven't seen a guy who was usually, the minute he gets the puck, it was gone as quick as he could. He's like, I just don't want to touch it. And now all of a sudden, like, like I'm not, he's not like suddenly making, you know, great passes for goals or anything like that. But are you, are you, have you been surprised by how much of a difference is made in his willingness to hold on to the puck?
4: Well, when you are able to handle the puck better, um, you can get your head up. And now you can see what's going on around you. And you have that comfort level. To hold it for the extra second, take a look around and find plays. You know, I think it was, I want to say it was one of the last two games, maybe last game. But I think it was actually against the Kings. He kind of took, he picked the puck up, went around the net, and saw where the pressure was all coming towards him. And he just reversed it back to the other side to Kulak, and they were gone. Like, and it looks so easy, but there's a lot of things in that play you have to get. You have to get the puck under control beat the other guy to it, shoulder checking, looking around, reading the play, having your partner go in the right place, and then making the play on top of that. And when you do all those things, it adds up to an equal or really easy breakout. So I think the biggest thing is his puck control has changed so much, and then I think he understands that he doesn't need to have the puck a lot on his stick. You know, last year, I thought at times he was trying to rush the puck, and he doesn't need to do that. You just pass the puck up. The sooner he moves it from himself to the next guy cleanly, his, he's going to be the the best player possible uh for for
3: the Oilers. yeah he's you know, I, it's been a, a huge improvement their whole team though obviously is is working well uh mcleod and fogel are obviously on heaters right now it's a no-brainer um but when i watch the la game struds, come playoff time evander kane's in my top six where do you come out?
4: yeah i mean yeah these two guys are on fire there's no doubt about it but you know, they, they, we probably expected 15 to 20 goals from both guys. So this is, you know, a way of kind of catching up. And, and hopefully they can, you know, get, what, 7 to 10 goals each the rest of the way uh, would, be, would be really good. Um, yeah, and Evander Keane, I think he moves up. I, I think the bigger challenge is who, who becomes that third-line center, right? I, if if McCall's playing wing, who plays it?
3: Well, yeah. Um, well, Kane would be the third line left winger. I mean, the second line left winger. It's pretty simple for me, right? Like I put him in on the second line ahead of McLeod, right? Like, do you see McLeod honestly when the playoffs start in your top six?
4: Well, if he looks as good as a winger, do you want him as a do you want him as a center? Right? I think that's the
3: challenge for the group. But would you play him then in the top six ahead of Evander Kane in the playoffs? Um, well, it depends who my
4: third-line center is, right? If you can spread out, So let's say they go out and get, um, I don't know, whoever, some, somebody, a competent third-line center. I, I no disrespect to the guys that are doing it right now, but I think that that's an area. If McLeod's not your third-line center, then who is that third-line center? So, you know, let's say whoever. they go, Let's just say it's Adam Henrique, probably a bad example. Let's just say that's who it is. Does that make that line stronger with Kane on that line? You know, and then, then can, can Leon now play with those two guys and kind of bounces out your lines a little bit more? And you have now a scoring threat on that third line. So, you know, I guess if, if you're telling me that McLeod is on the third line as center, then yes, Kane goes up. But if McLeod's still on the wing, then I think they have to figure out who is that center. does it make sense to have it. So you have three lines that now look dangerous and can, you know, push the pace uh, for the other team.
3: Yeah, and maybe. I, I just look at Evander Kane, and I looked at that L.A. matchup, and the Kings were throttling the orders physically. I don't, I don't think there's any debate on that. Edmonton's got the skill to match it, no question, but they got physically manhandled in that game without Kane, and to me, I don't think that changes uh, with their current makeup of their top six. Um, I agree. Now, the other option for your third-line center, and I would try him there, Strud's, when he returns because he played there in college. I would try Dylan Holloway as my third-line center. I'm not going to break up the fogle mcleod dry subtle line right now. I might not break him up all month. So I think because they're rolling so well, now is the time to experiment. Let's see what Dylan Holloway looks as a winger because I don't want to bring him back and I'm on the fourth line, left wing. That makes no sense.
4: Well, when you, you talk about everyone has had a fresh start with this coach, right? And I, I don't think that under Knobloch, has Holloway played a game? or is he, like, He's barely played at all. So essentially when he comes back, it's like getting a new player and a new idea of what they're going to do with him. So I'm really excited and interested to see what they decide to do with uh, Holloway because, you know, it, it, the idea of a center is, is pretty enticing, big, fast, can skate. So now also, that third line becomes, is it Ryan, Holloway, and, and Kane? Or, or uh you know, it's Matthias Janmark, because he dropped down the fourth line. Like, I don't know what it looks like, but I know that everything that Chris Lobach has tried seems to have worked out pretty well so far. So I think for what they do with Holloway, whatever they do, he's got to get minutes. Because if he's going to play six, seven minutes, it's not going to change anything. I'd like to see him get a chance with some decent minutes to to grow and to become an an important part of this team.
3: Yeah, he played one game. Remember, he got injured his first game under Knobloch against the Islanders when he, sl- when he crashed into the boards. And, uh, so the, yeah, you're right. He really hasn't played. He's played one game in, uh, under Knobloch. So, uh, the one thing we've seen with Knobloch and Coffee is they, they kind of had a, a, you know, and Sean Brown talked about it earlier that when you have a new coach comes in, he doesn't necessarily have the same notions that a, a coach that's coached you for a year or two already does, whether it's right or wrong. And I'm sure you played for coaches, Treddy, that it didn't matter what you did. He was like, this is all you're capable of in his eyes.
4: Oh, for sure. And for Dylan Holloway, for all the guys, it's, it's, it's the way you play, but it's also the messaging. So what is the mes- what message are, are, are Chris Knobloch and Coffee, and what are these guys going to say to Holloway? What, what do they want from him? And, you know, when Knobloch when, when came in, the house was on fire. It was, you know, it was just uh, it, you know, everything was falling apart, and he's kind of stabilized things, and the team is stabilized. So now he doesn't have to worry about 20 fires, right? It seems like a lot of the positions are kind of getting solidified and figured out. So now he can spend some time thinking about Dylan Holloway. Where is it best for him? How can we get the most out of him? What what do we want him to do? What what do we want him to look like? Uh, you know, in in a month or six months or two years. So I, I'm if I'm Dylan Holloway, I'm excited to come back, and if I'm Chris Smallwood, I'm happy to get this guy back because he I think he's an important part of what the owners can mean. You talk about you know, adding physicality. He brings that physicality. There's no doubt about it.
1: Strutty, what are your thoughts on, I think Picard's done a great job of coming in and filling in this whole uh, behind Skinner. What are your thoughts on the young goalie in the American Hockey League, Oliver Rodriguez, coming in maybe and seeing where he's at and giving him a game? Any, What are your thoughts on that?
4: I do like players getting chances to play in the NHL because, you know, let, let's, let's just say, in, in, in for this sake of conversation, that next year the Oilers believe he's their, their backup. Let's just say it. I don't think that's the case. Let's say that is. You can't just not play someone in the NHL and say, okay, now next year you're our backup. You have no idea what the NHL is like. None. You don't know what it's like to travel, to play against that, the routines, um, all that stuff, the demands, the, the, the media demands, all that stuff you have no idea so I would like to see him come up and play, but it's probably unfair to Picard. But unfortunately, life isn't fair. When you're a backup goalie, it's not fair. Um, so I would be interested in seeing what he can do. But whether he plays really well or not, he needs the experience and the exposure to it, so that he can be, you know, more comfortable thinking I can do this or I can't do. It. I have to work on that or work on this, whatever. So the orders have quite a few games in the next little while that are, you know, winnable games. You know, no disrespect to some of the teams that are coming through can you get him in for one or two but does that throw Pickard out of his rhythm um, you know I think it's clear that Skinner's got to be relieved at times and make sure that he, he he's not getting overplayed either so I think there's opportunity especially in this month to make that uh, a reality for him
3: yeah the risk is though that then you have to put Pickard on waivers unless you're going to carry three goalies for a game yeah Right. and and just go 12 and 6 and then wave another forward so that that's the risk to do it um, I could see Rodriguez maybe after the trade deadline when the exp when the rosters expand, if you want to massage the the cap some way uh, to make that happen. But right now, with so many other teams looking for goalies, and Calvin Pickard as a backup, when he's been called upon, he's been played pretty well. So I don't know if Edmonton could risk it. Oh, let's get Rodriguez a game. He comes up, he gets shelled, and now you're like, well, now we don't have Pickard because we lost him on waivers. I don't see how they can do it.
4: No, that's fair. And really, as a backup goalie, whenever I played, when I had a backup goalie going, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, just give us a chance, right? We don't need you to be perfect. We don't need you to steal the game. Just give us a chance. Hold the other team to two, you know, maybe three. And, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to do the rest, right? And that's kind of what he's done. He's given them a chance. He looks pretty confident in there. Yep. Um, but again, this guy had no pressure on him. Where, where's the pressure? No one, no one expected him to be the savior. And here he is picking up the pieces of what was, you know, a pretty tough start behind the pipes
3: for the Oilers. Yeah, it's true. Well, he's come in, and he's uh, he's done everything that you want from him. The uh, Philadelphia Flyers come to town, Strider. They don't have the skill of the Edmonton owners, but, man, they work hard. And they're all over the ice, and they bang, and they crash, and they just they dig, and they're relentless. And when I look at their D pairs, I, I still, especially now, because both of the Oilers' top two lines are going, like I see this as a very good matchup for Edmonton when I look at the skill of Philly's defense – for Edmonton's top six forwards tonight.
4: Well, I think we have got to give some credit to Danny Briere because he made some changes, and you know a lot. Of, a lot of people thought, okay, they're going to go in the tank, but they they moved guys out. They were you know pretty legit NHLers, and the team has gone better. So whatever he felt was going on in that room or on the ice um, or whatever he wanted to do, it, it, it's worked, and the team is working like a John Tortorella team that he wants. He wants them to be. Hard working, play every shift hard, and I mean, there's no reason every team should do that, but that is what he builds his team. That identity has. Um, but the guy I think that is, you know, really helped him out is Travis Sanheim. Like I I really like Sanheim. I remember watching him. I think he played for Calgary Hitmen. Yeah. I watched him play there a couple times, and I'm like, boy, this guy's a pretty good player. And not, you know, maybe not the greatest year last year, but I, I don't think anyone really said anyone has a great year at the Flyers last year. But he, he's really helped him out. So. The owners, I think, when they go into this game tonight, they can't don't get surprised because a lot of times I always felt when you played a team and you weren't ready for how hard they're going to work, it was, it was hard to catch up to that moving train. And you can't just think, oh, it's, we'll get going. No, you, you're not going to get going. Are the owners more skilled? Yeah, it's from, from top to bottom they are. But if they come out and they're not working hard like these guys are, it's a hard game to catch up to. So I'm looking at the start. Um, and 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 scoring wise, but just are they working as hard as Philly? Because uh, if they do that, they'll ultimately I think they'll they'll be fine.
3: What do you make, Struddy, of the uh, the Cowboys Lions and the the missed call by oh. the officials? Well, now we're hearing the NFL might crack down. A lot of these guys won't get playoff assignments, but like that's not a. Um, like a, a judgment call as far as procedure, or, you know, pass interference or anything like that. Like clearly, sixty-eight went over to the ref and checked in, and the refs just got the numbers mixed up.
4: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that happens. I, I actually was watching that game. I, I, I like the Lions have become a fun team to watch. And what I don't understand is how, after the play is all done, why they can't review that that moment, right, and, and talk about say, okay, well. Maybe we got the wrong player, but the intention was right. So he we, we, we called out whatever player number, what well, this player, and it was supposed to be that player. Like It's still the same idea. Like I don't, I don't understand that because it's, it's pretty clear what their goal was. So I, I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's unfortunate because it, was, it, was, it worked out well, but just that play makes no sense to me. We review everything else in sport, it feels like, but they're, they're unable to get that right when clearly there was a conversation had.
3: Freddy, what do you uh, what do you get for winning your championship in fantasy?
4: Uh, I get some. I think I think we played for money. I was just collecting it. You know, that's the hard part. <laughs> One thing is winning it, but the, the trophy's always in your case. You know, you have that little fantasy app, and you have a getting pretty busy. I might be getting two apps to fit all my championships in.
3: <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Uh, well, congratulations, Trudy. Uh, another ECHL of fantasy football championship for you. Connor is uh, very excited for you. He wanted to let you know that he did win his 7th uh, and ninth place games, so he showed up when it mattered. Oh,
4: and I heard you're a champion as well. That's exciting.
3: Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, Although I'm not sure what the season will be remembered more for. My championship or uh, Karius' uh, record that will never be broken, going winless in fantasy football. No, he didn't win one game. No, he went 0-19. How did that
4: even pop? Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that is that is bad. He chirps a lot. That is really, Dude, really. It's
3: bad. guys. His name. The guys have changed his name in their phone to 019. <laughs>
4: Uh, that I, I mean, how often does
3: that happen? That is never outrageous. I like, I don't see how you can do it. It's, it's, well, it's obviously not physically impossible because he did it, but I would like to know anybody else. And we play, cause we play double headers a, a few weeks. We have a 14 week season. We have two double headers for 16 and then you play a playoff game. And then the, the last weekend, if you're out, they just play a game. So technically he's 0-18, but uh, he still had to play the 19th game and he still couldn't win. And he usually plays against one of the other terrible teams. And so uh, he lost uh, all three of the uh, the loser bowl because we have a loser bowl in our league as well. So, um, yeah, he's the uh, he, that's a records. I'm going to say this, Stradi. That record's never been broken.
0: Oh, wow,
4: wow! Yeah. Congratulations to him and and to you. That's that. Those are two things I didn't think I'd hear today. That is incredible. Good yeah. for him.
3: All right, Stradi. Have a good
4: yeah. one. Talk to you guys later.
0: The best-in-class, all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA-approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox
4: Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit
1: BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
4: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.
1: Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up.